have the task this morning of talking about Jesus, the one that I just said, some of you in this place, you've never said, Jesus, I love you, because you probably just don't know much about him. You may know something about him, but can I just say, I think that we, and I'm just going to speak on my behalf, I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone sitting out here, I'm not going to talk about any other churches, I'm just going to talk about me. I have done a terrible job representing Jesus. I've done such a bad job of representing Jesus that I've not shown you guys really and truly who it is that I follow and I'm after and I'm wanting to be like. And so if I can do a better job of representing the man that we worship here today named Jesus, if I can do a better job representing the Jesus that I read about, guys, I want to tell you something. The community is going to start wanting to know more about this man. I can just promise you that's what we're going to see. So here's the thing. I don't know if you've been reading along with us in this um, reading plan, but we've wanted you to be reading through the book of Luke. We're getting ready to turn it into the book of John, and then it's going to be in the book of Acts. And there's a specific, a very important reason that we want you reading the Bible. Not so that we can check it off our list, or not so that we can be better than the person we work beside of, but we want you to read the Word because we want you to see who Jesus is, and it's that important. And so here's what we want to do this morning. If you have a Bible, take it out. If you have a Bible, go ahead and take it out. Um, If you have it on your phone, go ahead and turn to the book of Luke, because I'm going to go just through a couple of chapters here this morning. And don't worry, I'm not going to lose my voice. I'm going to fight through this one, and I hope you do too. So if you will turn to the book of Luke, I want you just to notice some things. Because what this Bible says, what this says, is going to be way greater and much better than anything I'm going to say up here to you today. Because I've got like 20 minutes to tell you about Jesus, which is an impossibility. Okay, so here's, look at that, look at that. Thank you, Pastor Bradley. Um, Luke chapter 7, hold on one second. Awesome. Put the lid on it because I don't want to baptize anybody accidentally this morning. Luke, okay, here we go, you ready? I want to just look at this man that we call Jesus because Jesus is the center of everything that we are going to do at Hope City. Okay, you know, we've been in a couple of weeks about talking about like the essentials, the cores, the things that are never going to change, whether we're meeting in a cafeteria or in a tent or in a building, we're never going to change these things. And today, I want to say that this may be the most important one that we talk about. Everything that we do from this day forward. Is going to be because of Jesus. When we serve on the street, it's because of Jesus. When we have healing prayer services, it's going to be because of Jesus. When we have baptismal services, it's going to be because of Jesus. When we have open mic night, Andy, you like that. We never even talked about that one. That one just came out because we know you have good things to say. It's going to be because of Jesus. When our worship practices are open to the public, It's going to be because of Jesus. 
when we do whatever, it's going to be because of Jesus. And so if it's going to be about this man, we better know something about him. And 20 minutes is not enough. And so church, please either go to our website and download our reading plan or just ask God, where do you want me to start and read your Bible? We've got to know who this man is. And if you turn into Luke, you look at Luke 1, Luke 2, Luke 3, and Luke 4, and and it's talking about the birth of John the Baptist. It's talking about the birth of Jesus. And it's some amazing stuff. But it gets amazing when you turn into about Luke chapter 4. And in my Bible, because I'm reading along with you all, I'm just writing notes down like I've never written down for the first time. And when I read Luke 4, I go over here and I get to about verse 31. Listen, these are not going to be on the screen. But on your phone or in your Bible, I see in Luke chapter 4, around verse 31, it talks about Jesus driving out a spirit. And so what did I did in my book, I just started writing down characteristics of Jesus. And I didn't do this on purpose, but what I started to see was a pattern. In Luke chapter 4, I wrote down, Jesus delivered, he healed a man. And then over here in chapter 5, I see that it says around verse 12, it says that he healed a man with leprosy. And so I wrote down, Jesus healed. And then I go down here to verse 17 of chapter 5, and I write down that Jesus healed a paralytic man. And so I wrote down, he healed a man there. Over here in verse 27 around chapter 5, you see the power of God on display. Chapter 6, I started the same thing. And I go over here into chapter 7 and around verse 9 and 10, I wrote down that Jesus healed. Listen, I could talk to you today about the fact that Jesus, and I don't know if any of you noticed this or not, but for some, and I've been in church a long time. I've been in church where you've sat, and I've been pastoring now for 10 years going on 11. And I don't know why in the world I was never taught this. I don't know why in the world I never noticed this before. But Jesus, the man that we are about, was a walking miracle. And I don't know why we don't talk about this stuff anymore. I think it's because we're afraid that it might get out of hand. But do you understand that where Jesus went, he was healing people. He was touching people. He was taking evil demon possession and making a thing of the past. And I'm just talking about just the first few chapters of Luke that everywhere Jesus went, he performed miracles. He healed people. And that's not where I'm going this morning, but can I just tell you, as we continue to move down the path, Hey, church, we're not going to be afraid to talk about something that Jesus was a part of. I've seen with my very own eyes three people healed just this year. I've seen a burned hand restored to new. I've seen it. Amen? I've seen in Thailand a deaf girl's ears opened up. I saw that as Pastor Bradley prayed for her. I've prayed for someone, and I've seen they had to have test results of some kind of mass, but then when they went back, it was gone. I've seen that stuff with my own eyes, and I guess, being very transparent, I've just been a little bit afraid to talk about it. 
But as I started reading through Luke, I saw, why should I be afraid of something like that? Because that is what Jesus was a part of. But I'm not going in that direction this morning. So here's the thing. I could talk a lot about Jesus. But I want to focus on just one thing that really stood out to me as I have read. As I've read through Luke, I've just seen that something amazing takes place when Jesus moves about. And so what I want to do for just a few minutes this morning is I just want to focus on what I see I think is going to be the most beneficial for this part, this movement, this Jesus movement that for some reason we've entitled Hope City. I think the most beneficial thing that we can focus on here for just a few minutes this morning and then allow the Holy Spirit to pour into you as you leave this place today is the fact that everywhere Jesus went, people were attracted to him. Jesus was about people. He was about a lot of people. And something that I see in this that I'm not seeing that much of these days, is that people were attracted to Jesus. It seems like today in the culture and the society that we're in, it's just the opposite, right? It seems that if we are a part of Jesus' people, if we're a part of his movement, if we are passionate about Jesus, it seems like instead of attracting people, what are we doing? We are sort of repelling them. So I have to just go back to myself here. Myself only is that I must not be doing a good job representing Jesus. Because what I read about there, the times, oh, you say, well, the times are totally different. No, it's the same there as it is here today. People's heads were getting cut off there just like they are today. People were being burned at the stake there just like they are today. So the times have not really changed that much. And so I've had to do some soul searching on I must not be representing Jesus very well. Because where I see Jesus moving, I see people being attracted to him. So if you read on, and there's a powerful verse in chapter 6 of Luke, and I just want to spend some time here just reading this to you if it's okay. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, I'm going to start here, just giving you a snapshot. I mean just a small, little snapshot of this man that we're here passionately singing about and worshiping today. Like Jesus is the reason that we got up out of bed on a Sunday morning and came to a cafeteria to be crammed in here with a lot of people not knowing what we're going to get. Because of Jesus, we all came into this place today. So one of my goals, one of my prayers, is that as this thing continues to move, We're going to continue to educate you so that you will know who Jesus is. So that you can leave this place and you can go find yourself on a Tuesday loving people 
like this man did. We don't need another church building. We need a lot of Jesus followers understanding and knowing who they are repping. So my prayer is that I will help you. That other people here will help you understand who this Jesus is. See here in Luke chapter 6, and listen, I just went for the jugular. I went hard as I could get right here off the bat. In Luke 6, I'm just going to let Jesus speak for itself. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. (laughs) I could stop right there, couldn't I? That's Jesus. I told someone, I, I was actually Pastor Bradley this morning, I've got to learn how to love people enough to correct and I was talking about something I was dealing with with my wife. I got to know how to love her to correct her. Just kidding. Just kidding. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. It's Jesus. <laughs> Verse 28, it says, bless those who curse you. I'm working on that one, Jesus. Pray for those who mistreat you. Verse 29, if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them to do to you. This is Jesus, the one that we are to be like. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Jesus lived this out. Listen, church, we've got to know who this man is so that when we leave this place, we're not Scott leaving this place. Because I want to tell you, when Scott leaves this place, he makes a mess of things. I've got to learn how Jesus operated in every situation. And can I tell you something? You may disagree with me, but that's okay. There's a line starting here, and it wraps a long ways there for those who disagree with me. I'm just okay with it. But I think that when the church starts representing the true Jesus of the gospel, there's going to be places that cannot hold all the people wanting to know more about him. The arenas in this community cannot hold all the people that want to know about Jesus who is living inside of you. That is our responsibility, church. People are hungry for it, man. They're desperate for it. People in this very community long to know who Jesus is. And I struggle with what I'm getting ready to tell you. I struggle with it. We talk about it on our staff all the time. And if you don't know me, you're going to say, well, you're bragging. I'll let you judge for yourself, but I say this as much humility as I can muster, and I do not recommend you try this unless God tells you to do it. A couple of months ago, I knew God was impressing upon my heart to go down to the open door shelter. 
and, and not to go down to the open door shelter and put on plastic gloves and sling trays at homeless people. That's not what he told me to do. He said, Scott, you be homeless and you go get served. So I did because I'm just trying to make a habit of doing what God tells me to do. And so it's not hard for this to get homeless looking. I put on a black coat and I put on a little beanie and I parked just off of Main Street and I walked a couple blocks down to the open door shelter. The doors open at 6 6 p.m. for you to have supper. I sat there for about 30 minutes with everyone else. Can I just tell you just a lot that I learned in just a little bit is this. Is, is, is that community, they're, they're hungry. They're so hungry, not for food. They're hungry for relationship. And so I sat there underneath the shelter there at the parking lot, and at 6, or 6 p.m. I lined up, and I got in line with everybody else. And I went and I sat down by myself. There's no one talking to me. And I sat down at one of the tables in one of the great churches in the area. I don't even know what church it was. There was a lady, and she handed me a tray of food. And then she left. And I sat there and I ate. I ate the food. No one talked to me. And so listen, Hope City, we serve a lot of food. We're building an unbelievable kitchen at our Wahlberg location. It is amazing. But I hope it never opens up if we're just going to simply sling a tray of food in front of somebody. Because what I felt like was an animal. I felt like a dog. I thought someone filled up my bowl and put it in front of me, and then that was it. They're not hungry for food. They're hungry for relationship. And listen, I'm not talking about just the homeless people. I'm talking about your neighbors. I'm talking about even some people under your very own roof. I'm talking about some of your loved ones. They're hungry for relationship. And that's what I took. They slung the food in front of me. I ate it. My belly got full. But I was like, this is wrong. We have to be way more about the relationship than we are about serving any kind of food. And I left the open door shelter. And I understood that that's what God showed me, but he wasn't done yet. As I'm walking up Centennial, I'm almost at the corner of Martin Luther King Jr. Drive and Centennial, and I saw a man, and he was drunk. He was intoxicated. And he was laid out between a pole and a street sign, wedged in between them, out. So I stopped, and I said, hey, man, can I help you up? And I had to take some time to help him up. He was an older gentleman, a bigger gentleman. And his name was David, and I helped David up, and I said, hey, David, what's going on, man? I said, did you get some dinner? He said, no, I'm not hungry. I said, well, so what's going on, David? And that led to a conversation as he staggered me and him arm in arm up Centennial. And if you know the area, there's two block buildings on the left. He said, hey, man, can we just sit down right here? And I said, sure, man. And I won't tell you all the things that we talked about, but he said this to me. He looked at me, and he said, I cannot believe that you want to talk to me. I, mean, I had to lie to David. I lied. I was a liar that day. He asked me where I stayed. I said, oh, there's some building up there. I, I lied to him. But it was a bigger picture. He said, I can't believe somebody like you wants to talk to me.
And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Listen, that's Jesus. Jesus. That's the one that we're here because of. And can I tell you that Jesus played favorites? He just did. Jesus had favorites. Jesus was looking for the people that no one else would touch. He was looking for the ones that no one else noticed. Jesus was looking for the sickest. He was looking for the most wretched. He was looking for the greatest of sinners. And that is who Jesus wanted to go be with. But Scott, that sounds like you're just making that up to hype this message. No. Listen, that's straight from the Word of God. And if you want to look there, it's Luke 5.31. It says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the what? The sick. He says, I have not. Listen, I have not come. And this is where I think I, and I'm not pointing any fingers out. I'm not pointing at any other anything. I'm pointing right here. And this is where I have gotten it wrong. He said this, I have not come to call the righteous. I didn't come for those people who think that they've got it all figured out. I haven't come for the people who look like they've got their ducks in a row. I haven't come for the superficial. I have not come for the righteous, but I have come for the sinners and calling them to repentance. Hey, church, if we're going to be a true Jesus movement, we're going to have to start going out those doors today and saying, God, help me to see like you see. God, who are the people that no one else will touch? And listen, I'm not just talking about homeless people. Please hear me. Please hear me that there are some beautiful neighborhoods in this community. Like, I want to live in some of them, right? And there are some sick and diseased and lost sinners who Jesus came to save. We've got to get out and we've got to go be Jesus to these people. We've got to go represent him well because Jesus was always going to the ones who thought that they were the most unworthy. So if you're in this place today and you came in here addicted to money, pornography, weed, heroin, prescription drugs, you name it. If you came in here today and you cussed your wife out last night, if you came in here and you want to secretly leave your husband for another man at your work, if you came into this place today and you fill in the blank, but the enemy is telling you that you're unworthy to be in this place, can I tell you something? For those people that I just mentioned Jesus wants you right here in his presence. You may think you have nothing to give Jesus. And can I just tell you something? You really don't. Other than your life. 
See, Jesus wants those of us who really have nothing. I can't give Jesus anything apart from his Holy Spirit. And you say, well, what does that mean? Listen, we're not going anywhere. This is what God's leading us to. Next Sunday, I'm going to tell you about the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who right now feel like, man, you know what, really, Jesus? Not right now. I'm just going to tell you something. With Jesus, sooner the better. Sooner the better. He's not waiting for you to clean up your performance. He's not waiting you to get this thing figured out. He's just waiting you to say in your heart, like, like Jesus, I don't know what this means, but I want you, I love you, and I'm ready for whatever's next. That's you. That's what he's wanting from you today. Lincoln, I mean, little Ezra, my little two-year-old. He's sitting on my lap, which is sort of uncharacteristic of him because he's a, I call him Miley and I call Lincoln Cyrus because they're wrecking balls. And so they don't sit still very much, but um, Ezra was sitting on my lap one day. We were watching probably Cars and we were sitting in my little chair that I have and and he picked a booger. <laughs> I'm just being real. He picked a booger. And I heard a comedian say one time, you could rob a bank with a booger. You know? And so I, I just took it. I, I don't want a booger anywhere near me. You hear me? So if you go and blow your nose, double wash. He had a booger. I mean, it was a, like, I was like, that had to come from like a 400-pound man. But it came from, <laughs> came from Ezra. It was a booger. And it took up about half his finger. And I said, hey, dude, go to the bathroom and get a Kleenex and wipe that off and then you can come back and we'll finish watching this movie well he got off my lap and I thought he was going to walk to um, the bathroom but he stopped at the first piece of furniture he came to and he wiped it on it he did I said well heck it's not on his finger anymore come on back up here buddy and he came back on my lap and we sat there and I got to love on him and I thought man that's so God you see, some of us, we just, we just don't really know what to do next. But we know that there's a Father. And we know that Jesus loves us. Even though we don't really know what to do or how to do it next, we just inside of us, every single one of you in this place, this very minute, you know that Jesus loves you. Even though you may not deserve it, He loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves every one of you. So here's how we're going to close it. Let's just bow our heads. some spiritual prayer up here. I'm just going to say this. Most of you in this room are adults. Some of you are teenagers. Right now, today, is the best time for you to start listening to what God is saying to you. And I can tell you what Jesus wants you to know today is that no matter who you are, where you came from, 
or where you think you're going. He loves you. So if you're in this room right now, I just would like to see, hey, hey, Scott, I need, actually, I said today, I love Jesus. I said, I love Jesus. Now, listen, if you've been saved before, this isn't for you. This is for the people who have never said, I love Jesus. I've never raised my hand. I've never prayed a prayer. I've never had somebody pray over me. But I know today that Jesus loves me. And today I'm saying, Jesus, I love you. Listen, I'm not going to make a spectacle of you. I'm the only one looking around. But if today you're saying, I love you, Jesus, for the first time, and you want to know that you are forgiven of all of your sins, would you just raise a hand, just me and you, this is personal, between me and you. Hey, Scott, today I just said, today, I love you, Jesus. Would you just lift up a hand? Don't be ashamed, raise it high. know if the band's going to be able to do this, but we're going to close it with that song that we just sang. And we're going to celebrate in this place for what God is doing. Many, 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 several hundred Christians sitting in this room right now. Hey, Christ follower, I need you to learn about Jesus. I need you to learn about the one who saved you. And because we're all in this together, I need you to leave this place here in just a few minutes. And I need you to go represent Jesus well to this community. Hey, Jesus, we love you. This is all about you. And I cannot wait to see what you do next. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.